0: Hey guys, it's Brant and I'm back with another The Panel I Spoken video. And today we're up to that supersized hot in the shade album. And so this is going to be a supersized episode, but we're going to try not to uh, bloat it too much. But we don't want to leave anything out. I want to give Rick opportunity to talk about everything he wants to talk about. I've got some things I'm going to talk about, and and then we're just gonna try to make this fun and hope you all are playing along. I'm really enjoying seeing the videos and the posts of people with their predictions and playing along and writing down. I love seeing that on social media. That's awesome when you guys do that and interacting in the comments. We're gonna have a special bonus question to interact in the comments with, so be sure to stick around for the end of the video because we have a bonus question for you to put your input in the comments at the end of this video, um, towards the end, probably. So, um, as always, I've got my good buddy, Rick, from It's All For You, Demon.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Hey, no problem, man. So, we're up to your album. We're kind of in your era, up to your album. (laughs) And, um, well, we also, whenever I put up, we were going to be doing uh, Hot In The Shade, had a couple people pop up on social media, like, what? No Smashes? No Thrashes? And so I was like, oh crap, I forgot. There are those two songs on Smashes, Thrashes. Um, So we're going to cover those two songs. Some people wanted uh, Beth as an honorable mention, but I just didn't do it because to me it's not a new song, even though Eric re-recorded it. You love it or you you hate it, one or the other. You know, Um, but we want to go ahead and cover Smashes. The two songs on smashes first before we get into hot in the shade and it's going to be a kind of abbreviated thing because like i said we don't want this to get too long and we want to really focus on hot in the shade but this rick this is your era man uh with mm-hmm. with smashes and thrashes and hot in the shade so uh before we get into it i want you to just tell talk a little bit about that whole the whole this is your entry way this is your mm-hmm. entry level and um just want to talk yeah, about yeah we but-
1: Yeah, when um, my friend Danny introduced me to Kiss, Smashes was out, and so that was my first CD purchase, and it was nice to have a Greatest Hits. It was cool to have the two new songs, because I kind of felt like I was a part of something new, but having the Greatest Hits gave me entryway to that back catalog. I didn't own any of the back catalog. I maybe had Asylum on cassette from Danny. And I I had heard Gene's solo album, but other than that, like this was my first time ever hearing "I Love It Loud" with the horrible mixed drums, <laughs> and you know songs like "I Was Made for Loving You." These were all new songs to me at the time, and uh, it was it was a nice starting point. Christmas vacation, just listening to that album over and over and over again.
0: I think Smashes and Thrashes, uh, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits was, um, it's kind of like what I think, I wish uh, Double Platinum would have been. Could you imagine mm-hmm. what if Double Platinum, we would have not just had a re-recorded version of Strutter, but if there would have been a new song on there. You
1: know. Oh, man, that, that would have been so cool. A new
0: song or two. I mean, I know we got five new songs off of Alive, but it would have been cool to have a couple, uh, at least one, new song on double platinum that would have been really cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um for me smashes thrashes and and hot in the shade um they kind of got ignored by me uh I, I didn't even uh didn't own smashes thrashes didn't own hot in the shade till recently i don't own hot in the shade i'm actually going to be buying the blue uh, anniversary edition of it that's coming out um, I have Smashes Thrashes on CD. I bought it to review it, and um, when I did my reviews last year, and so and I could have swore I had Hot in the Shade, but I I didn't. I thought I did, but I didn't. Um, and so, Kiss just this was the I was all tied up in Guns and Roses and and bands of that era during during this time when Smashes and Thrashes and when Hot in the Shade came out. I did go to this tour. I heard the album on the way to the show. I don't know if we made it. It I don't know if we made it all the way through it, um, but I remember hearing this album for the very first time on the way. And taking this album out of context now and putting it back into the context of then, when bands like Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, and all these other bands had blown up, you really hear it on this album, and we'll talk about that later. You can hear the influence of other bands on KISS, And they knew what they were doing i believe it was calculated um this is a paul stanley gene simmons produced album so i believe it was very calculated what they were doing um i don't i don't slight them for trying to fit in a lot of people do i don't slight them for trying to fit in because if you go back and i i listened to this album all week just like i did crazy nights and and then i looked at and listened to songs by other bands that was out at the time And this album fit right in, maybe a little late. Uh, What they were doing in 89, it sounded like some bands were doing in 85, 87. So it's like Kiss with Crazy Nights and with Hot and the Shade both. They were a couple years, maybe a couple years off. And um, good or bad, uh, you know, I listened to the album and uh, my, my, uh, my opinions about some things have changed. So I'm excited to get into the the panel. I actually, as I was starting to grade and vote and everything, I was listening to this in my room here on my Bose, and I swear my list, the day, I the last person I put on the spreadsheet was my list, and up to me putting in, in the last 30 minutes, three three songs changed positions. So it was right down to the very last, and then I kind of looked at it and like, yeah, I'm happy with that. There's some things I wish. I could have two songs occupying the same space. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we get, get on through it. But, um, uh, so one of the, one of the panelists mentioned, wanted to talk to you, would you mention about going to the show?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my very first kiss show was the hot in the shade show. Um, May 12th, I think 1990 at Sandstone in Kansas. And, uh, it was it was so crazy just to be there, absolutely crazy and I remember it's an outdoor venue, and we were standing outside and we you we got to hear them do sound check, and I think they played good times, bad times by Zeppelin during sound check, and uh everyone was just like freaking out like all the kiss fans you know standing there, and we got in, they didn't have tour books for my uh concert. So I still don't have a hot in the shade tour, book. um, got a shirt and we got our seats and it was just so fantastic because this was the kind of return of the big kiss production, you know, with Leon, the Sphinx and man, when that, that hum starts, that hum just gives you goosebumps anyway. And when that hum starts and the jaws drop and all the lasers shoot out, but they're like scattered lasers because they're all standing there. That was magical. And I was such a Phantom fan at the time. And they opened with I Stole Your Love. And, you know, that they play that in Phantom. And I loved the Love Gun cassette tape. It was just so, it was the perfect Kiss show for a 15-year-old kid to see because I felt like it had that 70s magic, you know, you watch all those clips of the 70s stuff and it just seems so larger in life and cool the only thing i was missing was the makeup and ace and peter but this was a 70s kiss show and i and i remember we were disappointed because there was no kiss sign and then at the very end they drop a little curtain and there's like a tiny little kiss sign to like the right of the stage so that was cool we still got to see the kiss sign and since it was outdoors, there were huge fireworks at the end, and, man, it was perfect. It was so, so perfect, and I was so happy to be a KISS fan.
0: I remember being actually impressed by this show whenever I went. I'd, like I said, I'd, I wouldn't say I wasn't a KISS fan because I was still listening to KISS. I was listening to older stuff. I, I was real mm-hmm. heavy in this time, real heavy listening to Lick It Up creatures and listening to older Kiss, Kiss Alive Two, Kiss Alive Two never leaves my rotation. Kiss Alive Two and Kiss Alive always stay on my rotation. I probably of the early albums, of the early first six studio albums, I probably listen to Alive and Alive Two more than those six albums. And beyond Alive Two, I listen to mostly um, Ace and Paul's solo album, uh, and occasionally Gene and Peter's. And then I listen to, occasionally I'll pull The Elder out, and occasionally I'll pull uh, Unmasked out. But for the most part, you get, I'm I'm listening to Creatures, Lick It Up, and then I really drop off steep after that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember loving this show. I remember going, and I loved that they played songs off of it, and uh, off the album, and I loved that they played. I loved when they started with I Stole Your Love. It was unique to hear them start with something other than Detroit Rock City. And when they started with I Stole Your Love, I thought that was really cool. It did give it that 70s um, vibe -hmm. um, that you see concerts and stuff where they start with I Stole Your Love. So let's go ahead and get into the panel. Um, I'm not going to mention panel members yet um, because we're basically just going to do Smashes, Thrashes, and then we'll get into panel members. Um, The Smashes and Thrashes, we had 51 people (laughs) vote on it. It went up on a separate poll And so we had 51 people that put in their vote. And you basically just pick your favorite of the two, you know, which you like best, which you like second best. And um, so um, I'm just going to go and give my predictions. And then, Rick, you can give yours, and then we'll give the list. Um, I predicted that they were going to choose, let's put the X and sex first, and you make me rock hard as number two, is what I predicted.
1: I, I did flip-flop. I thought they would choose X and Sex 2 and Rock Hard as one. Okay.
0: All right. Um, and uh, what I actually picked for number one is I picked Let's Put the X and Sex as number one and You Make Me Rock Hard as my number two. I'm a pervert, okay? And I was a pervert back then. But just You Make Me Rock Hard is still just a little, it's a little too visual. It's a little too visual for me. And uh, I don't...
1: Those those visions of the Crazy Nights Paul Stanley pose coming back in your head. Yes, with
0: the thong on, yes. So I love Let's Put the X in Sex. Uh, I think it's a great song. Um, And it was a sign of what was going to come with with uh it was it was a definite sign of where they had been with crazy nights and it was a sign of where they were going to come uh where they were going to go both of these songs could have been on either crazy nights or hot in the shade could have been on either one of them oh yeah um but yeah so i chose let's put the x and sex for me and you make me rock hard as number two so what about you rick
1: i did uh you make me rock hard as number one rick that Herver. it's a uh, perfect <laughs> It's yeah, it's a it's a perfect Paul Stanley song. It's got a great hook in it, and uh, this is the song I really wish that he and Samantha Fox would have done a duet, like not like an Aussie and Lita, but like a uh, "You Make Me Rock Hard" slash "Touch Me" by Samantha Fox, and put out a forty-five or a CD single of that, like a like a dirty rock song of those two. And that's what I think of when I hear this song, and. I always kind of laugh and imagine how cool the Funky Brand poster would have been, because they would have done a poster of those two, you know, all glammed out, and how fun that would be to have on your wall. And I, I have I have that vision in my head all the time, so it makes me love this song. Let's put the X in sex. I, do, I like it, too. Um, it was so fun as a young fan, brand new, to see a video on MTV, and I remember Adam Curry, like debuting this video and and like you've mentioned this many, many times. this was the era of Paul as a front man, didn't have a guitar in this video; he was like a solo artist out there kind of dancing and you know shaking his shoulders, and I always loved this video, and then to you know some forty years later to find the filming location of this video in New York was amazing. Just to just to be there and be like, wow, a kiss video was shot here. It's it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, did I? Let's put the X and sex is good, but I I always jam. You make me rock hard more. But they're both windows up. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know. You don't want to be caught at a at a stoplight with your windows down.
0: Yeah, Samantha Fox. I tell you, not enough said.
1: <laughs> um, oh, that that would have been so much fun. Uh a, a, a single of those two mm, mm. would have been cool.
0: Um, so what the panel chose as uh, number two, we had out of the out of fifty-one people that voted, twenty-one of them chose. Let's put the X and sex as their favorite, but that was not enough to make it first because mm. you make me rock hard came in at first with thirty votes. So it was yes. neck and neck, but um, yeah. not, only nine only nine people separating them. Uh, but they, you know, it's good to see those songs getting love. So let's get over to the reason why we're here. So you got—I don't have this album. So will you show your CDs and your albums
1: off? Yeah. Packaging? Yeah. So this was yeah. This was the CD, um, and this this was the era where they uh they started you know designing CDs instead of you know just the just the name and the and the uh just the mirrored mm-hmm. disc so i love how they they kept the mirrored disc part in the sunglasses that was so much fun back then that kind of felt like you were a part of something huge and then of course i absolutely love this blue vinyl this i mean it's just it's pretty and who knows why they chose blue i guess because the blue of the album cover Mm -hmm. but i this really made me fall down the rabbit hole of getting these colored vinyls you and i have talked how there's nothing special on these no extras but it's just kind of fun and uh i the album's so close to me i had to had to pull the trigger on it i think i think you'll really enjoy it too it sounds great but awesome
0: now is that the reissue? That blue vinyl's the reissue. or
1: okay. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's um, so let's see. Let's see. Um, before we get into it, a couple things to mention is there were some people that mentioned the demos. Um, they mentioned Eric's demos of uh, "Ain't That Peculiar," uh, mm-hmm. which basically came "Little Caesar," and his also his song "Eyes of Love." um also gene had two demos or a couple demos street legal and something wicked this way comes and um i've got my notes here just reading i kind of dug back into it while i was working on it um many of the songs were demos on this album they actually are demos that they cleaned up and polished rather than re-recording them they had recorded the demos and then just decided to clean them up And any of the drums that was recorded during the cleanup and polishing phase were actually triggered or sampled um, or programmed because where they were doing the the studio, they were doing it, they didn't have drum set there. Um, And so uh, personnel-wise, this is Paul, Gene, Eric, and Bruce, but they also have a lot of additional musicians. They have Phil Ashley on keyboards. Um, Pat Reagan on Cadillac Dreams plays Brass. Charlotte Crosley, Valerie Pinkerton, and Kim Edwards-Brown sings backing vocals on Silver Spoon. Kevin Valentine plays drums on You Love Me to Hate You and King of Hearts. Um, Tommy Thayer plays on Portrayed and The Street Giveth and the Street Taketh Away and actually co-wrote, um, songs on that too. So, um...
1: Did Kevin Valentine do other stuff too? That name sounded super familiar when you said that.
0: I don't, if he did, I don't know exactly what he did. I'm pretty sure. I
1: remember. I remember your review of this album. Really, that's really what sucked me into your reviews was when you mentioned the fact that these were a lot of demos left over from Crazy Nights. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow! And, and you can hear it. You can definitely hear it. You
0: go and listen to some of the demos and the demos sound like ain't like ain't that peculiar. Sounds almost like Little Caesar, just with a little they actually sounds like they took some of the guitar away and and a change in lyrics. Um but and we'll talk about that when we get to it. I have something in particular I want to say about Little Caesar when we get to it. We'll talk about that when we get to it. So in the panel on this one we had seventy-eight and Uh, I had to beat the bushes a little bit on this because what I do is basically when I make my sheets, uh, whenever I go to do a new one, I just clear everything out. And so the existing lines are there. And so Facebook lines filled back up, Instagram lines filled back up, um, and the YouTube lines filled back up. But I got to Twitter and I had all these open lines for Twitter. And so I actually put a post on Twitter and saying, hey, guys, you know, where's my Twitter Kiss aren't, where's my Twitter panel peeps at? You know, you guys are you guys are leaving me hanging here on Hot in the Shade. And I gave them an extra day. I gave them into sun Saturday, and they responded. So uh, Twitter, uh, you know, blow, uh, blew back up. So, yeah, I had to beat the bushes a little bit on it. But um, we have 17, or we have 78. And let's read them off. It's me and Rick. And then from Facebook, Ray Kelly, Mark Hilliard. Paul Bertolino, Matt Yucci, Carlos Garcia, Vincent, Vin, Vincencio Enrique, Destroyer Dave. Instagram is AJZetro1975, Tony P1, Justin Churchy Hanson Third, and EJ's Place. Twitter at Sam Loomis, Tom Dust, Eric Mosiu, Jack Skellington, David King, Julian Davies, Kimji Chris, Aladio, Bree Strutter, Ace Van Deuce, Julie B. Eisen, J.D. Campbell, Ryan Karninski, Kern, Drummer Bob, Andy, R.C. Campbell, Darren Helliwell, Bill, Bill Sharp, Paul Teplius, Tony Rod, Katie Christina, Jeff Wyatt, Steph Mitch, and Jim Reddy, and then YouTube, Kissin' Time, Two Gay Dads, Aiden Pro Dalton, Jeremy Kimona, Sublime 130, John B. Good, Perpetual Art, Kiss Carolina, Hard Rock Metalhead, Rocker L O two seventy, John O, Steve Revis, Indy seven seven seven, Scotty Sky, Matthew Smith, Rick R. Trevor Bullock, Marty White, TJ James Music, Jesse Ray, Scott Epperly, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Brian Foster, McKel D. Wam SP, J. Rucker, Mick C, Gregory Pegg, Les Wadley, Luis Maladano, Tom S., Joel Pegg, Super Kiss 1200, Jay Reed, Emily Graziano, Pens Fan 77, Demetrius K., Hard Rock Revere, X Josh, Sandy Graziano, Travis Mulgard, and Jay Lee. And as you hear the names, the lore we get down in the list is the ones that got in on the tail end of it. Uh, I usually. Start at the top of the list, and you can always tell when I'm doing my voting, or when I'm actually casting your vote, is usually so I know where I'm at. Once I count your numbers into, I I do a little love thing. I love your comment, and that way, if you see your comment loved by me, you know that your vote's been counted. So it's too late to change it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to get into this album. Like I said, I've listened to this album. I've have I've, I've uh, overdosed on this album, and I am ready to talk about it. So, um, where do we want to start with number? We want to start with number fifteen. And so, oh. Rick, uh, what is your prediction for fifteen? Boomerang. Boomerang. I had a hard time predicting this because. I knew what people like on this album, but I had no idea what they don't like. Um, so I, I just went with what I, my gut. Um, my prediction for 15 was Read My Body. I figured just because of the Def Leppard thing, people would hate it.
1: <laughs> what? Do you think they ripped that song <laughs> off? Um, at
0: 299 points, at number 15, the panel chose... Read my body.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Read my body. Uh, Joe Pegg and that Toy Bonnie guy picked this as their favorite song, two panelists. Um, And I picked this as my eighth favorite song. I actually have never really had a problem with this song. Yes, I know it sounds like pour some sugar on me. I believe they were trying to make it sound like pour some sugar on me. They were trying to make a party song. I've got on my notes for read my body. It's a deaf leopard clone, but it's a eighties party song. And, uh, I like some of the words in this, like Tom, Tom about, uh, turn the page, get to the good stuff. I like how he, Paul metaphor, made it a metaphor of reading a book. thought that was really cool. And, uh, I kind of like the rapping during the drums. The programmed cowbell at the beginning of it sounds really stupid. The drums on this song, you can definitely tell, are programmed. But I like Read My Body. Uh, I think it's great. And I mean, it's it's halfway up my list. So uh, I like it.
1: Uh, Read My Body is number nine for me. So I'm one down from you. And I think that has a lot to do with the Pour some sugar on me, connection. This song is cheesy, but like you said, it's fun cheese. I mean, this is a party song. This, this would be the song if you were having a party in nineteen ninety. You would put this song on, and people would be like, "Hey, what's that?" And I absolutely love the trade-off Yaz from Gene and Paul at the end. Yeah,
0: that
1: I mean, that saves it. I that I mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about it because it's just like that's. That's perfect. That's Gene and Paul doing what they do the best. Mm -hmm. And that really saves this song for me. So, yeah, it's number nine for me.
0: All right. So, prediction for 14.
1: Uh, Cadillac Dreams.
0: Cadillac Dreams, okay. My prediction for 14 is Boomerang. Um. At number 14 with 302 points, not much above Read My Body, 302 points at 14, the panel chose Boomerang. Um, one panelist, Rocker L O 270 picked this as their favorite. Um, I picked Boomerang as my fifth favorite song on this album. I freaking Ooh. love Boomerang. I love it. I love the I love everything about this song. It's chaotic. The drums in this song kick ass. Um mm-hmm. it is the the guitar work in it is great. The weakest part about this song is probably Gene and his lyrics. The lyrics is kind of weak. Gene's delivery is a little on the weak side. But the way, this, the way this song ends, the way it builds, and then the way it ends with that whole... Bah, 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 I mean, that's the way you freaking end an album. They didn't peter mm-hmm. out this album, in my opinion. They ended this album on a very good note. Usually when I get done with Boomerang, I'm ready to go back and listen to it again. And it's good that they started the album with Rise to it. Um, I think it's this album has a great start. And to me, it has a great ending. So um, mm-hmm. my note on Boomerang is amazing guitars and drums, amazing way to end an album. So what about you?
1: It's 15 for me, <laughs> but, but that is, a lot of what you said is the reason why. Um, great drums. I absolutely love the drums. Absolutely love the guitar. There's some amazing guitar work on this song. But we've mentioned in previous panels, this is, to me, this was Gene trying to do another fits Like a Glove or trying to do a no, no, no. And it just kind of fell short from that. Gene is the weak link on this song for me. Mm -hmm. Bruce and Eric, shine. Shine, 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 shine. But as you said, this song is a perfect ending, which I totally agree, but it's 15 tracks in and it's just so like if if you're lucky to get to the end of the album to enjoy this song well and we'll talk about this later but this they should have cut five tracks from this song or this album and end with boomerang at number 10 and i think it would have been perfect but yeah number 15 for me all right
0: prediction for number 13
1: prisoner of love
0: okay My prediction for 13 is Love is Like a Slap in the Face. (laughs) And I swear to God that I made my list before before, uh, I I counted. Uh, So that should give a little hint. Uh, At 354 points, the panel chose at number 13, Love's Like a Slap in the Face. No panelists picked it as their favorite. And I picked this as my 15th favorite track on the album. My last, least favorite. Um, my notes is boring. Music never changes. Very monotonous. Gene could have done better. Sounds like a demo. Um, yeah. Basically that's all I've got to say about it. If if I was gonna um uh, and I'm not gonna get too much into what we're gonna talk about later, but if I was gonna cut a track, uh I would cut this one. Now, this song does have some shining moments. Um, the uh I like the pre-chorus that I never wanted to feel so good. Oh no, you know what I'm talking about? But then mm, it gets, yep. but then it settles, settles back into that, but like love's like slap in the face I mean it's -hmm. it's, it doesn't really do any it doesn't really go anywhere it don't have no dynamics it's like it's nothing going on it's real easy when you're listening to this album if you're doing something as well it's not a song that grabs you and stops you and makes you go oh yeah that's my jam it just becomes Mm -hmm. background noise or background music um yeah so but yeah uh last for me
1: number it's number 10 for me and it's funny you say that because I kind of look at all of Gene's songs on this record as like he he was really just phoning it in. It was like almost like here this here's an all right song, mm-hmm. you know, include it. And it's it's funny to think back then on the Hot in the Shade tour, they had a marketing company do surveys and what do you want on a new Kiss record, and everyone said a Gene single. And I often wonder if it was because he had so many duds on this album. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Shines on this record. Gene does not. And this is one of those songs, it's just eh, mm-hmm. to me. Uh I do I love any song with a good na na, you know, and this song has some good nanas. I like the kind of chugging, slightly demanding, you know, Gene Slav again, like we always talk about, but like you said, yeah, it gets to the chorus and you're just like, oh, love is like a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. seeing it, you know. But then you got the non nas Yeah, the so na-na's are good. But yeah, it's just, it didn't feel like Gene really tried. I don't know. Maybe Nicholas would have just been born around this time. So maybe he was, you know, completely still off. And luckily we got him back on revenge, though. <laughs> so all right so
0: uh number 12 or yeah number 12 prediction
1: i said love's a slap in the face
0: all right um my prediction for number 12 was somewhere between heaven and hell Mm. you see a trend here
1: (laughs) yeah i'm with you i'm with you all of my genes are at the
0: bottom Uh, uh my my prediction somewhere between heaven and hell for number 12 um What the panel chose at number 12 with 368 points, the panel chose Prisoner of Love. So the panel's seeing a trend, too. Um, No panelists picked Prisoner of Love as their favorite song. I picked uh, Prisoner of Love for me, 13th. And uh, I've got on my notes, I love the swagger and the swing of Prisoner of Love. That... I love that and that hey 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 and, and Eric does a lot of during the solo he's doing that on the hi-hat that I love that um, so yeah I mean it's 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 still nothing to write home about um, still very demo-ish very phoned in but I don't hate it I don't skip it and it does grab my attention and it does keep me so it's 13 for me
1: yeah, it's 13 for me as well. This was, I think in the track listing of the record, this was the beginning of the Gene throwaways for me. But I'm with you 100%. I love, I love that riff right after the solo, and Eric's doing all that kind of hi-hat ride simple stuff. So that saves it for me. But like you said, I, I would never drive to work and be like, oh, I'm going to listen to Prisoner of Love today on the way to work. It's just, it's there. You don't skip it, but you also don't celebrate it.
0: Yeah, Prisoner of Love is one of those, when I see the title, I have to go, how's that go? I'm Prisoner of Love. Mm -hmm. I can't break these chains. I mean, I know, I like, Gene does (laughs) some of his signature stuff that, yes, I know. And whenever he does that, I always think about, no, 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 nobody's perfect. Or, yes, I know nobody's perfect. Mm. Makes me think of that song. But um, that, hey, 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 yes, I know. Um, But yeah, so uh, 13 for me. Um, So number 11.
1: I predicted Betrayed.
0: Betrayed for number 11. Okay. Now this is where I kind of throw a curveball in on my predictions. Um, And I knew I was going to. For number 11, I predicted, You Love Me to Hate You. And um, I just felt like, well, Paul's got to have a weak song other than Read My Body. And I thought that Mm -hmm. that might be one that, you know, for different reasons, it might be down low. All right, so at number 11, with 375 points, the panel chose... Cadillac Dreams. Mm. One panelist, Jay Reed, picked Cadillac Dreams as his favorite song. I picked Cadillac Dreams for me as my third favorite song on this album. I love Cadillac Dreams. I feel like that um, Cadillac Dreams I think is Gene's strongest song on this album. Um, I've got it makes me smile makes me want to dance and a lot of people Mm. i think this song gets a lot of hate basically because gene's being honest this is an autobiographical song he had anger issues when he was younger he says that when i was 17 and was a angry young man but i just love you know i love the i love the attitude of this song this is like his version of charisma on this album but then he talked i mean give me money money that's what i need i mean a lot of people they 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 hate that song because the people, the person in the band that's considered the most money hungry um, in the band gets is has a song saying "Give me money, money." Um, but I love Cadillac Dreams. I even like the horns in it, um, all the cheese that's mixed in with it. I love it. Um, so yeah, Cadillac Dreams is my number three on this album.
1: It is my number fourteen, <laughs> but. I did love it when I was 15. This was my my jam. I loved I loved the fact that Gene talked about money so much. You know, that was exciting, you know, cuz I wanted money too. I wanted to be a rock star and I loved that. Interesting little side note when we were standing outside, hot in the shade, the show for sound check after they played, you heard those horns. And it was the exact horn buildup from this song, and looking back now, they had that keyboardist Gary Corbey or Corbett. Mm-hmm. He was there on the side playing, you know, like backstage. But it was so fun pre-internet to think, like, are they going to play Cadillac Dreams tonight? You know, because you didn't know the set, right. and that was exciting. But this is one of those songs that. It it always takes me back to being a kid and for that I have sentimental attachment to it, but over the years I think I, I think I overdosed on it mm-hmm. when I was a kid because now I don't play it that often. Right. So it's it's low on my list.
0: Okay. All right. So now we're up into the top ten. We're in we're in normal normal <laughs> kiss album.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: so what do you predict for number ten?
1: Little Caesar.
0: Little Caesar. All right. I predicted for number 10 that the panel was going to choose The Street Giveth and Taketh Away. What the panel chose at number 10 with 396 points, the panel chose The Street Giveth and Taketh Away. Two panelists, Travis Mulgard and Vinci, Vincio Enrique, predicted at, uh, picked it as their favorite song. I picked The Street Giveth and Taketh Away as my number four song. And if Mm. there is any song that moved up as it went, it's this song right here. This song probably, this song I think started somewhere around 10 or 11 on my list. And after listening to it and listening to it and listening to it, it moved up. And it was nipping on Cadillac's dreams tell to to slide into my third spot. Um, if I continue listening to this album, which I probably will, a week from now, two weeks from now, this may be my third favorite song on the album because I love this song I've got on here. Um, my notes is I love this song. I love when they break into that, the chorus. This has one of the best choruses on the album. When It's just got so much attitude I'm just street it. I I love I love when they break into that. But just the whole song is good and it just grew on me and grew on me and grew on me. And um if Cadillac Dreams was not so much fun I listen to Cadillac Dreams if I'm wanting to have fun. If I want to rock the hell out, I'm gonna put on the street, giveth and take it away. It's actually one of the harder, heavier songs on this album. Um in my opinion. So, yeah, so, uh, number four for me.
1: Yeah, this is down for me, too. It's number 12. But the only reason is there's one Gene song on this album I absolutely love. And so everything else just kind of falls down due to ranking. Um, I never understood, really, the acoustic intro. I Maybe that was, like, the cinderella thing to do mm-hmm. in 1989. But the acoustic intro always kind of fooled me, and then this was a B side to "Forever," so I always thought that was an odd choice for to me. I would, I think there would there's better Gene songs on here than this, but yeah, like you said, it does have one of those choruses that you know, just make you want to like raise your hand and be like, "Yes, I'm with you." Mm-hmm. So I do like it. Yeah. It's never skipped. Yeah. It's a great song, and it was our introduction to Tommy Thayer, like mm-hmm. being. In the in the mix, so I wish, that's that's neat. I wish to Tommy still did. Back on. I
0: wish Tommy still did more stuff like this with them rather than being forced to imitate Ace.
1: Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Cannot agree with you more on that.
0: I think. I think.
1: I think they would. They would put out killer music again. Yeah, it would be a lot better than what we got. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually like that 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 electric that electric or oh, acoustic that and the, the way mm-hmm. it slides a lot of sliding on this album which that was kind of becoming like you said with bands like Cinderella Bon Jovi with Richie Sambora mm-hmm. had their fair share of acoustic stuff and and slides and things like that so it was definitely a sign of the time when you said that I was trying to put my finger on who this might have sounded like a little bit and uh, Cinderella man definitely definitely bluesy. Mm-hmm which I'm a fan of blues, blues rock and stuff like that. So,
1: And, and even if you, you look at the way they dressed for this album, I think Paul, didn't Paul have cowboy boots on? And like jeans, and they just went back to that sort of jean leather jacket look, which that was, you know, that 89 Bon Jovi era. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they'd started dressing down because it had gotten so flamboyant in the middle. And bands like mm-hmm. Tesla had broke. Tesla came out in 87, came out in in blue jeans and t-shirts and did their fair share of rock and kind of blues type stuff and acoustic guitars, little Susie and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, songs that started off acoustic and then kicked in like little Susie does. So, yeah. All right. So that brings us to number nine.
1: Uh, silver spoon would be my prediction for nine. Okay.
0: My number nine prediction is Cadillac dreams. Uh, which I was wrong um, what they actually chose at number 9 with 445 points we broke into the 400s uh, 445 points the panel chose at number 9 Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell uh, one panelist my childhood friend Scotty Skye picked this as his favorite song and uh, I picked Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell uh, low on my list I picked it <laughs> at Fourteen um the opening riff of this song is just nasty that and then it just it as soon as Gene starts singing the verse it peters down, um, and his vocal stanza that he's doing the na 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 he it it reminds me of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. You can have a big mm. dipper rolling up and down around the bend. It sounds like Sledgehammer to me. I can't... That's a,
1: that's a good... The,
0: the stanza of his, it sounds that way. So I can't get Peter Gabriel out of my head when I hear this song. But I love that riff. That, that riff at the beginning, just that couple bars riff, is just nasty. And it's one of the best riffs on the album. I just hate that it's attached to a song that I don't really care for. Um, this is another one of songs I don't. If I could, that's one yeah. of them. Um, but, uh, so yeah, low for me, 14, man.
1: See, this is my favorite Gene song mm-hmm. on the record. Yeah. This is number six. Number six for me. I love the. Wah, wah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I immediately, little kid freaked out at that right. and that Peter Gunn riff mm-hmm. that da, na, 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 wah, na. Oh, so much fun and then then his but I'd have to be a mind reader baby oh sold and I turned this song into our answering machine when I was 15 Uh you called my house and you heard that wah, wah, and then it went into the riff and I said you know you've just reached Blah blah blah, you know. Leave your name and number, and then it still. I kept recording until you had to listen to the. I'd have to be a mind reader, baby, <laughs> and then it stopped. So I, I apologized to my mom. That was horrible, and I apologized to anyone who called my house in 1990 because you would have to sit through that to leave a message. But that was the fun of uh, being a kiss man.
0: Oh yeah, making answering machine tapes. That was, mm-hmm. that was, that was awesome. You know, that's something these kids these days miss out on.
1: Uh you'd, you'd have to have your little ghetto blaster like next to the answering machine and sit down. Oh, uh, and it'd take, it'd take a couple of times before you get it right.
0: And being able to prank call people. You can't prank call people now, but being able to, Truth. well, I mean, you can, you can use like Google voice or whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to give any of you youngins know, <laughs> ideas out there, but it can still be done. You probably do it more technical these days than, than with all the spoofing and stuff you can do. Um, all right, so that brings us to number eight.
1: I said rise to it. I didn't. I predicted this low.
0: Mm-hmm. I said at number eight, Little Caesar. Uh, so at number eight with 446 points, one point above number nine. Number eight, the panel chose You Love Me To Hate You. Four panelists, Super Kiss 1200 Gregory Pegg, Julian Davies, and Oladio picked You Love Me To Hate You as their favorite song. I picked You Love Me To Hate You as my twelfth favorite song this this song moved up and down on my list. It started very low because Paul's in the rafters during the chorus or the pre-chorus. And 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 so I started off and my initial going into this album, I'm like, I don't like this song. Any Paul, any song that Paul is doing that my way, off of previous albums, anything that he gets up in the rafters, I had a stigma towards. But then I started listening to this song, and I love this song. Even though it is down as low as it is, I wouldn't cut this song off of a ten-track album. Um, I'd love the pre-chorus that till I'm down on my knees. I mean, I love that that build. They that, that he and then Do you want me to hate you, and the part I used to hate that. Do you want me to hate you? I actually like that now. So it grew on me and moved up in my list. But then there's some changes. Like I said, I was making changes like right up until I finalized the whole thing. And it got scooted down a little bit because of some other changes around. Number 12 for me.
1: It's number five for me. It's classic eighties Paul. It's everything I love about a Paul eighties song. I love the, the, the like sleaziness of that. You know, it's a game of who needs who. And I love that. And I, when I was listening to it, putting my list together, I thought this is a rafter song. <laughs> That's a new term for me. This is a rafter song because I. But I love it. I love that double vocal they do on his chorus mm-hmm. where, you know, it's a, you want me to bleed, feel the thrill of my need. That that higher vocal, that second vocal is super high, but I kind of like it because it's got the lower one too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of blends out. Number five for me, this is my top five. Paul has two really, really songs I love on this record, and You Love Me to Hate Me is or you love me to hate you is number two of those two favorite songs.
0: Yeah. Um, What I can say about this too, that you brought to my mind when you talked about it, I've never heard Paul sing the way he sings during the verse of this song. I've never heard him sing that way ever. Um, It's a very unique sound for Paul. It almost don't even sound like Paul. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, but, and, and I like that. But as soon as as soon as it starts with uh, going into that pre-chorus, man, that's what that's what gets me is going into that pre-chorus <laughs> and the chorus. Believe it or not, the rafters—I love it on this one.
1: Oh, and and I just had I had to look this up. This was a Desmond Child song, yeah. so that's why it has that hooky that that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right, so that brings us up to number seven.
1: I thought it was going to be somewhere between heaven and hell.
0: Okay. I thought it was going to be Prisoner of Love. At number seven, with 553 points, breaking into the 500s, um, at number seven, the panel chose Betrayed. Mm. One panelist, John B. Good, picked Betrayed as his um, number one song, I picked Betrayed eleventh. But let me tell you, on my oh. initial list, Betrayed was number two. And it's just all these songs pushed it down to number eleven. But I love Betrayed. Um, this is a Gene song. And I even like the I like the the Betray. I mean, they take one word and stretch it out over Two two bars of music, um, put such melody into one into one word, um, and I think it's a great second song. I like the tracking on this album better than I have in the past. When you had Paul having more Gene songs, Paul or Paul having more songs than Gene does, you'd have like one, two, three Paul songs and then a Gene song. And but on this one, it was like Paul Gene, Paul Gene, they kind of w- ping pong back and forward you know, for the most part, not always. Um, but I, I like that they had a Paul song to start and then a Gene song to follow up on the very, and so it kind of sets, between the two songs, I think it kind of sets the mood for, this is the kind of album you're going to get or at least puts you in the ballpark. Um, mm-hmm. But so, yeah, so Betrayed for me is 11, but I I love Betrayed. It just got pushed down by other songs.
1: That's funny. It's 11 for me as well. Um, this, was, this was the first glimpse into Gene, Carnival of Souls Gene. Mm-hmm. If you think about the lyrics of this song, they're kind of dark. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not a Cadillac Dreams by any means. And I think if this song was heavier, it could have been on Revenge. Mm-hmm. could have been on Carnival of Souls. So I always liked it because it kind of felt like this was a precursor of where Gene would go. With the next two re- two records, one mm-hmm. that wasn't an official release, but um, yeah, it's a it's a good and like you said, it's a it's a good right after rise to it. It's a good kind of push into like oh, it's not all gonna be poppy fun. Exactly. It's gonna kind of be heavy and dark. So it's good. It's a good placement on there. Exactly.
0: So that brings us up to number six, just outside the top five. What did you predict for number six?
1: I had predicted the street giveth.
0: Okay. I predicted betrayed at number six. At 560 points, at number six, the panel chose, Hey, Little Caesar. Um, Little Caesar, Sandy Graziano, Tom S., Jesse Ray, Trevor Bullock, Kissin' Time, six panelists, Um, picked Little Caesar as their number one and I am so happy to join them because I love Little Caesar it is my favorite song on this album not because it's Eric Carr because I think Gene could just as easily sing this song because Gene and Eric had voices that were so so much alike but Eric's performance on this song kicks ass Um, some people like Ain't It Peculiar better? Me, personally, I like Little Caesar better. Um, I like the lyrical content of Little Caesar. And I like, I just think it's, I love that. Hey, Little Caesar, nobody's messing with you. And I think it's it's cool because it tells a story about Eric because they called him Little Caesar. Um, I love the riff in this song. As a matter of fact, I said I was going to do it on my social media. I'm calling Tom Dust of Twitter calling you out. You post these videos all the time. You play, playing riffs, Kiss riffs, Tom Dust. This is the one I want. I want that. <laughs> Eric wrote such funky riffs. Um, he wrote the riff, for All Hell's Breaking Loose. You know that. Just such a talented guy. Um, Little Caesar I love the riff, um, and I love the, the pre-chorus, the notes in the pre-chorus. I have two big beefs with this song. One, it sounds like shit. If you listen to this song compared to the kissing and the sweetening, the audio sweetening that other album, the other songs on the album got, this song did not get it. This song sounds flat. Listen to the song before this one, and then listen to Little Caesar. You will hear that the highs are not there. It's flatter than the other songs on this album. Number two, Eric's voice is not mixed loud enough. Sandu Graziano mentioned that also. Eric's vocals needed to be pushed up, and I don't know if it was Paul and Gene's ego keeping his vocals down, you know, hey, don't push him too much, or maybe when they pushed him too much, it didn't sound good, but Eric has some great vocals in this, some a great performance, I love when he does his screams in it, um, I love the whoa, 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 whoa in it, I love the way it just ends, um, but I've, I've spurted on and gir- girl gushed over this thing enough, but um i love i love 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 little caesar my favorite track on the album tom dust make me my riff man uh and what about you rick please don't
1: let this number, please don't
0: let this be low on your list
1: <laughs> no no it's number eight okay it's number eight. okay and it, it just and that's just because of ranking. right um i love this song like you said i was 15 i knew guitar chords but I just remember thinking, I just want to learn this riff. I didn't think like you could learn like notes. Like I knew chords and I wanted to learn that riff. So yes, Tom Dust, please grant Brant his wish on that. That would be totally awesome. I am the only reason I, I'm I'm opposite of you guys on this is I like Ain't That Peculiar more vocal wise. He sounds ang more angry in Ain't That Peculiar to me. And it could be that mix. Like you said, maybe Ain't That Peculiar, his vocals are higher. But yeah, Little Caesar's a great song, but I, I like the verses to Ain't That Peculiar more, but I like the chorus, Little Caesar, more than Ain't That Peculiar. Ain't That Peculiar was an odd choice of words to do a chorus to. Little Caesar works better. So I can see where Gene would be like, eh, you might want to float change that up. Um, but yeah, it's man, it's a great song, and it. This is one of those reminders that make you wish Eric had songs on "Lick It Up," "Animalize," "Asylum," would have been so much fun, and there's just so much missed opportunity there, mm-hmm. because this was a shining example of wow, an Eric Carr song, and it's good, you know.
0: I can't believe the opportunities that Kiss missed with. When they had Eric and when they had Bruce in the band, they had four guys that could sing. They might not mm-hmm. have had the most powerful voices. They might not have had the most iconic voices. Because Eric does sound an awful lot like Gene. Uh, that's why he sung Young and Wasted when they played it live. But, But they missed out on so many opportunities with Bruce and Eric having a couple extra vo- vocals, a couple extra voices in the lead vocal role, it would have broke up a little bit of monotony because the, the albums just got predictable. It's either going to be a Gene song, a Paul song, Gene, Paul, 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 Gene, Jean, Paul. You know, it just, it became a, it, there you go. <laughs> it became a tennis match. Yeah, I did it too. It became a tennis match. You know, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, throw in an Eric song, let Bruce sing a damn song, you know? Um, But yeah. And uh, I think the actual ain't that peculiar mix sounds better than little
1: Caesar. So that, that's why I think that's why I, cause last night I listened to both and I was like, he sounds angrier on ain't that peculiar. Sounds more rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the mix. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's that demo mix has a better feel and, yeah, it's like it's like Little Caesar feels like processed or something. It's like, it's very odd. Yeah.
0: I think they just didn't spend money on it. I think I think they just mm. didn't spend any money on it. He just I think Eric re-recorded his vocals and they left everything else exactly the way it is. They may have taken some things out, but I think they left it exactly the way it was. Mm. All right, so that brings us up to the top five people. The top five.
1: I predicted "Read My Body" for five. Okay.
0: I predicted "Silver Spoon" for five. <laughs> uh, at number five, with five hundred and seventy-six points, the panel chose "King of Hearts" as number five. Eight panelists: Matt Ucci, Carlos Garcia, AJ Zetro, nineteen seventy-five, Tom Dust, David King, RC Campbell. Jay Rucker picked King of Hearts as their number 1 song. I picked King of Hearts as 9. Um, King of Hearts actually was one of those that moved around for me and it was one of those songs that I really didn't care for the first time I heard it. Um, I don't really like the way it starts. I don't like the But now when it kicks into... when it da 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 it kicks into the, the what's leading up and it um and right there that particular part it sounds an awful lot like um uh, Panama that da 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 sounds like the the opening part of Panama <laughs> and I hmm. hear that I hear that in my head when I when I listen to it I love the story it tells and hmm. I love I love that when she tells me I tell, you know I'd love that part too. Um, the King of Hearts. The chorus is okay. I like when it comes out of the King of Hearts and the chorus and goes back into that, goes back into that lick to drive back to the verse. Uh, I really like that. So, um, but King of Hearts for me um, sets in at number nine.
1: This is my all-time favorite track on this record. Number one. This is, I love the almost Halloween uh, soundtrack intro. Mm-hmm. To the guitar guitar piece This is To me this is During the what is Bon Jovi doing Era This is Paul Stanley doing Bon Jovi perfectly mm-hmm. Like I think he went for John Bon Jovi type Storytelling mm-hmm. Went for John Bon Jovi type hooks And I think he got it You know I'm not ashamed to admit I was a Bon Jovi fan New Jersey is a great Great record And to me King of Hearts is that Bon Jovi spirit in a kiss song. And it just always worked for me. It's always a go-to for me. This is a, this is a windows down summer CD, CDs in the disc player. Yes. Love it. All right.
0: Uh, number four.
1: I predicted forever.
0: Okay. I predicted King of Hearts at number four. Um, At number four with 612, Breaking into the 600s, 612 points, the panel chose Silver Spoon. Three panelists, Mikael D., Paul Teplius, and Paul Bertolino, picked Silver Spoon as their number one song. I picked Silver Spoon as my 10th favorite song. Um, It actually started... Silver Spoon had quite the journey, kind of like Betrayed did. started low, worked its way up into the top five, and then just kind of got shoved back down by other songs moving around. Um, so, um, uh, <clears throat> Silver Spoon, um, I think it's a great, great song. Um, I love, I love the chorus. Um, it, it's got the whoa, 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 ohs. Um, uh, I love the riff and the verse and, uh, but there's part of it like i said there's a lot of this album that sounds like other stuff and in this song i don't know if you've ever picked it up but i pick up especially towards the beginning of it i pick up the cults firewoman um in the beginning in the beginning of this mm-hmm. song i pick up firewoman a little bit uh but silver spoon uh to me is uh really good so i pick it number uh 10
1: it's number seven for me I do I like the, the, the chorus not a huge fan of the uh, female vocal at the end that would be the only deterrent for me but it's always fascinating to me when I was 15, I skipped Silver spoon all the time then when it then when I got the box set, I was like, "This song's kind of good and I was like, oh, that's from Hot in the shade." And kind of fell in love with this song for the first time in my you know thirties with the box set and to me, this is an odd box set choice mm-hmm. of of all the tracks on this record to choose to put on your box set. you're gonna choose Silver spoon. I always thought that was weird, but it's kind of neat for me in my journey of fandom to not listen to it at all at 15 and then the box set introduced me to almost a brand new song at that point so that was that was fun
0: all right so we're up to the top three they're gonna duke it out up here
1: (laughs) i uh i predicted you love me to hate you at number three okay
0: i predicted number three i predicted hide your heart at number three Mm. Um, at 790 points, jumping into 700s, almost 800s, the panel chose at number three forever. 13 panelists, Ray Kelly, Mark Hilliard, Destroyer Dave, Jeremy Comona, Perpetual Art, Steve Rivas, Scott Epperly, Brian Foster, Les Wadley, Luis Maladino, Demetrius K. Hard Rock Revere, Jay Lee picked Forever as their number one song. I picked Forever as my number two song. For the longest time, this was my favorite song on the album. For the longest time, this was the only song I knew off this album. Um, and it probably is the only song that I can recite word for word without have, have actually hearing the song and singing a song along with it. I can't even really do that with Little Caesar. Um, but Little Caesar just edged this song out uh, if I listen to uh, The Street Giveth and Taketh Away enough it may get pushed down to three and Street Giveth and Taketh Away may push its way up to two uh, this is going to be a very dynamic list for me as I move on listening to this album um, but yeah Forever I can't say enough about it that we don't already know um mm-hmm. I mean I love that it. it's an acoustic song very much acoustic kiss very showing their soft side and yeah I know it's it's a single grab and it's a, a chick grab and and it's a uh it was written to be a commercial success I'm okay with all that I love the video um so I just think it's a great song it's my number my number 2
1: it's my number 3 I remember getting shit about this song in high school Because of the Michael Bolton connection. Like back then, you did not like Michael Bolton at all. You just couldn't because of that, When a Man Loves a Woman. And people would give me crap at school about this song. But this song is, is a great ballad. It's the perfect power ballad. Not really power ballad, but it's a great ballad. And live with the lasers, absolutely beautiful. And what an amazing acoustic solo by Bruce! Like you can almost sing this solo. He he almost tapped into like Ace Freely. Like Ace Freely, you can sing his solos. You can do that with "Forever." And I just remember, like you said, I love the video. And in the video, like those windows say "S," and like you know the way the light shines in, you can like see the shadow of "S." I was still in that phase of thinking that like bands live together and like they're just like a tight family. So I thought like those S's stood for Simmons and Stanley, and like this was like their mansion that they like played in. Young teenage foolery, but yeah, this is a great song. This is one of those songs that you can put on and kind of like brightens your day. It's a feel good song, and I I celebrate it. I I say pull out your bic lighters and raise them. Because this is a great song.
0: I like this song because this is a song that non-KISS fans like. They yep. like the song. That The fact that KISS sings it is beside the point. They like the song. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get non-KISS fans listening to a song and then them like it and be like, you know, that's KISS, right? You know, and they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I just like mm-hmm. the song. Um, I respect any song like that that you can get somebody to listen to that might not necessarily, I don't like Kiss, but I like this song uh, like Mm. that. Okay. So top two, if you're playing along, you're playing along at home, writing your list down. Top two. Uh, What'd you predict for number two, Rick?
1: I thought it was going to be Hide Your Heart.
0: Okay. I thought it was going to be Rise To It. So, at eight hundred and sixteen points, at number two, the panel chose "Rise to It." Fifteen panelists: Pens, Fan, Seventy Seven, Mix C, Indie Cult, Seven Seven Seven, John O, Kiss, Carolina, Hard Rock, Metalhead, Sublime, One Thirty, Aiden Pro Dalton, Jim Reddy, Jeff Wyatt, Katie Christina, Tony Rod, Bill Sharp, Bree Strutter, Kimchi Chris. Jack Skellington picked Rise To It as their favorite song. I picked Rise To It as my seventh favorite. Um, This actually was probably around my number two or three, but it got pushed down by the songs above it. But uh, I love Rise To It. My notes is the ultimate 80s party song. 80s party music. Um, Great song. Great, Great song. Everything's great about it. Can't say enough about it. Um, yeah, so it is uh even though it's that that sounds low for me rise to it seven sounds low um I still love the song.
1: Yeah it's number 4 for me. Yeah uh, again d- decent opener for the album but again that that Cinderella you know that that slide guitar like I I was waiting to hear like the sound of like a screen door and like chickens you know cuz <laughs> it reminds me like extreme had a song like that where you heard like it, you know, and I always think of that. And I mean, you gotta put yourself back in this time period pre internet. This was amazing because this is when we got Mm -hmm. the band putting on makeup again. Mm -hmm. And this was our, and this is a cash grab. Oh yeah, This is a total cash grab, but, it was so oh god, yeah. Yes. It was so fun to to be like it's happening again. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, pre unplugged, pre reunion. And a sign of things to come, maybe. And and you know they were just doing it to push this record, to just push sales. But it was so magical at that time. And and when the Rise to It video would come on, you'd be like, Oh, ooh, ooh, it's a rise to it video you know why glue yourself to the screen cuz we're going to see it at the end and i would love non-candid talks about why they did that you know it was it, i want them just to say it was it was to push this record to push this single but yeah perfect like you just like you said perfect party song another one of those songs if you were having a party in 1990 put it on people are going to jam out
0: yep all right, so if you've been playing along, you know what number one is, but we're going to give our predictions. What was your prediction for number one?
1: Um, I I apologize. I could not figure out what I wrote down, and I, I'm kind of lost. We'll skip my prediction for number one. Okay. It, it looks like I wrote Holt. I don't know <laughs> what that means. I, so I apologize um, for that. I, was
0: gonna, I said it was going to uh, be forever. I felt like forever was going to be the one that – Everybody loves off this album. So um, at 821 points, only five points above number two, um, 821 points. Number one, you better hide your heart. You better hold on tight. Say your prayers because there's trouble tonight. Um, Twelve panelists, Tony P., Sam Loomis, Eric Musio, Andy, Darren Halliwells, Steph Mitch, two gay dads, Matthew Smith, Rick R, Marty White, Emily Graziano, and ex Josh picked "Hide Your Heart" as their number one song. I picked "Hide Your Heart" as number six for me. Um, I love this song, and this is a song that actually started off near the bottom because it's my notes is uh, Bon Jovi clone. Uh, if If Read My Body was a a uh, a direct Def Leppard ripoff. Hide Your Heart was a Bon Jovi ripoff um, because it tells a story. You know, it's it's Tommy and Gina, but it's just different names. You know. Yep. Um, so, but it's it's one of those songs that he he's telling a story. He does a great job at it. Um, I like the verses. I love the chorus to this song. I love. The way he builds into it and that, Johnny, gotta run, gotta run, and better hide your heart. I love uh, this song. Uh, Great solo in it. Hide Your Heart for me is number six.
1: Mm. Uh, I was thinking of you yesterday with uh, Bruce doing all the Hide Your Heart solo videos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, Brant's gonna be loving this. It's number two for me, almost like a perfect song. And and like you said, it's it's a Bon Jovi clone. It's John Bon Jovi had that thing where he tried to be Bruce Springsteen and tell like these epic like stories in a rock and roll way. Well, this is Paul Stanley imitating John Bon Jovi, but I I love it. I love the ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. Oh my gosh, so much fun! And I was so so disappointed this got pulled from End of the Road mm-hmm. set list. I was so looking forward to hearing this song, and it got pulled, but I did get to hear it acoustically at the Freedom to Rock backstage thing, so that was fun, and you talk about Goosebumps, you talk about a, a grown man gushing when Paul Stanley started playing Hot in the Shade on an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. I I almost wanted to cry. I spent so many nights listening to this song, so fun, and it's it's remember the video like the video is hasn't aged well because it's all against gang violence and you know like kids die and then jeans like slamming the ambulance doors and then just like looks at the camera it's so fun because it's so 90s it's so you know caught up in that bloods and crips era but it it, didn't kiss trying to be like political right it's it's kind of funny but it's so much fun
0: all right So let's recap really quick, and then we're going to go on to the bonus. The bonus. So stick around. Yes. Uh, Number 15, Read My Body. Number 14, Boomerang. Number 13, Loves Like a Slap in the Face. Number 12, Prisoner of Love. Number 11, Cadillac Dreams. Number 10, The street Giveth and Taketh Away. Number 9, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. Number 8, You Love Me to Hate You. Number 7, Betrayed. Number 6, Little Caesar number five, King of Hearts, number four, Silver Spoon, number three, Forever, number two, Rise to It, and number one, Hide Your Heart. So, bonus question, and we're going to do this, and we want your input down in the comments, okay? So, I messaged Rick last night, I threw him a curveball, because I was just sitting here listening to the album, and I'm like, you know what? One of the biggest complaints about this album is it's too long, got too many tracks, too much filler. Now, what's filler for one person is a favorite song for somebody else. But if you had to cut this album down to 10 tracks, what would those 10 tracks be? And how, if based on an album, based on flipping sides, what would your side A be? What would your side B be? What would your track listing be? Because that's just as important. Uh, so, um, what I did, Rick, and I'm going to let you go first. Um, what I did was I'm going to mention the songs that I would cut first, and then I'm hmm. going to mention. I don't know if you got the songs that you cut.
1: No, uh, uh, no, I didn't. I just had the songs that I. Okay, to... and
0: then I'm going to put the songs I cut, and and then I'm going to do my track A, and my track, my my side A, and my side B. So. What's your 10 tracks, side A and side
1: B? I have to admit, this was a good idea because it was fun making the order for side A and side B, which also got me thinking, I know you, you had to love Guns N' Roses when they came out and they had side G and then side R. (laughs) I thought of that last night when, when I was making this. Side A, King of Hearts, Hide Your Heart, Rise To It, forever and then ending with you love me to hate you and then side B gene track somewhere between heaven and hell silver spoon little Caesar read my body and ending with boomerang
0: okay it's a good that's a good uh good good tracks I, this is gonna be so cool to, I hope people put their list I really do I want to see these these in the comments um I cut, and it's funny because I actually cut some songs I liked because I was trying to build what I thought would have been the best album for them in 89. But I cut Betrayed, Prisoner of Love, Love's a Slap in the Face, Silver Spoon, and Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. I cut those five songs for me. So my side A, track one, Rise to It. Track two, Hide Your Heart. Track three, Cadillac Dreams. Track four, Mm. Read My Body. Ending side A, track five, King of Hearts. Flip the vinyl, B-side, track one, The Street Giveth and Taketh Away. Track two, Forever. Track three, You Love Me to Hate You. Track four, Little Caesar. Final track on the album, Boomerang. That's my
1: yeah and it's 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 neat that we both chose boomerang to close it you've got to choose is, like boomerang, you said, you choose boomerang to close this album you got to choose
0: boomerang. it's a good clo- yeah yeah
1: and i just i just think 15 tracks got so exhausting mm-hmm. to get to boomerang especially when you had cassette mm-hmm. <laughs> and cassette tape you're just like oh my gosh is it ever going to end mm-hmm. i hate that's horrible to admit but and then uh but uh Boomerang is is a great, like you said, just a a fiery way to end an album. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep, yep. So guys, I want to see your track listing down there. 10 tracks. And if you just want to do 10 tracks, that's great. But if you do it side A, side B, that'd be really cool. Because for those of us who grew up listening to vinyl and stuff, there was something about the last song on one side and then flipping it over and then hearing the first song on the second side. It really was, a lot of times it was just a continuation. Sometimes it was like, okay, we've done this. Now the second side, we're going to do this. Sometimes the second side songs were entirely different than the A-sides. So I'm just curious to see what you guys would have. So anyway, that is all we've got for this panel. We will be back next week with revenge and we're going to have two special guests for revenge and i'm so excited for these special guests i'm going to go ahead and tell you who they are so you can be ready for it um joining next me and rick next week for revenge is going to be miss miss the two misses Sandy and Emily Graziano, Mrs. and Miss. Cannot wait for the Grazianos to be here. I'm so excited. I was talking to them last night. They're excited. They're looking forward to it. Sandy's a little nervous, but Sandy, you're going to do just fine. Trust me, you're going to do just fine. and We're going to have a blast. Um, I'm so excited about this, and I know a lot of the viewers – that watch me and watch you, Rick, they've really took Emily under her arm and Rick kudos to you for your, uh, your movement. You've started, man, you're getting out of your <laughs> comfort zone movement that you've started. I've saw super kiss, his singing video. I've saw an Emily's dancing video. If I had not sold my drum set, cause I sold my drum set to, to do some different things and it wasn't completed anyway. If I still had my drum set, I'd be playing drums for you right now. But, um, who knows? Maybe once the maybe once the uh, the uh, quarantine and lockdown is over, I'll go down to uh, Guitar Center and sit down and record. Throw my headphones on and record me playing part of a Kiss song.
1: Yes. do maybe it. Maybe
0: what I do is I uh, open up a poll and put up five songs and let you guys let you guys pick the one that I do. So uh, um, that'd be real.
1: You should do you should do Car Jam. I would love to hear that.
0: Car jam. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting to do. So, um, but yeah, um, it's, it's,
1: you, you should do car jam and Tom dust will do car jam and you guys can both post your videos. Yeah, that'd be that cool. would be sweet. That'd
0: be cool. All right, guys. So that's all we've got. Uh, appreciate you guys doing your lists. Appreciate you guys taking the time to do it. I'm glad you guys are all having fun. I get told all the time, People live for the panel Mondays and um, man, it just makes me feel so good this enough, this is a lot of work. it is then this one was a bear because it was 15 tracks. It was almost like doing it and you add in the two that we did for uh smashes and Thrashes. It was seventeen. It was almost doing two albums. I literally started collecting votes on Thursday because I couldn't wait until Saturday to do it yesterday. I would have not got done in time because it takes a while. I've had some people say they'd like to see me to do some behind-the-scenes videos. I think I'm going to do a behind-the-scenes video on a panel video, the prep work that goes into making a panel video. And all the, the several hours that's before this time right now of recording, the couple hours me and Rick take to record it, and then the four or five hours that it takes for me to edit it and get it ready, uploaded, and ready to go for you guys on Monday at noon, Eastern time. So, But I do appreciate you guys watching. We are going to do 80s panels. I've had people ask. um, And I was trying to think of what 80s album I wanted to start with, and I think Rick just had one kind of running around in my head, and I think that Rick just gave me confirmation a little bit ago I think the first 80s panel video that we're going to start with, and you may see the post coming up within a few days after this video is released, we're going to start with one of my favorite albums of all time. It's in my top five. Probably in my top three is Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Mm -hmm. probably be the first 80s panel video i was thinking about doing chronologically starting early 80s and working but nah, i think we're just going to jump around and i may put polls out there for you guys to decide what album's going to be next maybe give you a few choices or just give you an opportunity to put an input in and we go with majority rules it's like the panel is involved in deciding what we're going to do next for because i think that a way to be to get the highest numbers and keep the most interest up. What do you think, Rick? Sound good to you?
1: It does sound good. I was just thinking, imagine the headache if you did use your illusion one and two all at the same time.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That'd be,
1: that would be tough. Appetite would be great. I think
0: we'll eventually get to use your illusion one and two because I love those two items as well. Um, And be interesting to do a, okay, let's cut these down to just 10 tracks and, uh, and see oh, yeah. see what would happen, uh, but yeah. So, um,
1: be lo- I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and predict Rocket Queen's going to be number one.
0: You think Rocket Queen's going to be number one? That's yep. going to be your prediction. I have no idea, man. I love that album all the way through. I swear to God, this is going to be like picking one of my favorite kids. I love mm-hmm. I love that album all the way through. So be looking for that post. It'll come up sometime. Let's say non-kiss panel videos. Let's let's have them come out. I'll shoot for Fridays so that way you have something to end the week with and you have something to start the week with. And uh, we'll go ahead and and shoot for that. Just be keeping an eye on my social media for that post and when it'll actually be out for you to vote and when the results video will be coming in. All right. Rick, that's all I've got. You got anything else to say about your album?
1: No. It's just, just a lot of good memories. A lot of fun.
0: I'm I'm happy for albums like this. This is one that like I said I was telling Rick I've grown to appreciate. Um I know that a lot of people are bigger fans of Crazy Nights than Hot in the Shade. Of the two considering these are albums, two albums I used to hate, um, I'd say that I like Hot in the Shade better than I do Crazy Nights. Um so uh it'd be cool it'd be cool if you just took songs off they both of the albums have so much filler. It'd be cool if you just mm-hmm. took songs off Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade and made one album. Yep. That'd be a challenge to do. That'd be a challenge because even some of these filler songs are still really good. They've got good parts about them that you just don't want to discount them because of because of that.
1: But you know, Bonus, bonus question. If you had to choose Forever or Reason to Live, which one would you choose?
0: I'd choose Forever for me.
1: Me too. I, I think I'd go forever.
0: What would you choose? Yeah. Forever, a reason to live. Bonus, bonus question. Put it, put it <laughs> down in the comments. Put it with your list. Uh, put, put, say I'd choose this one or that one, or make another comment. We don't care. We got enough room down there. Um, anyway, that's all I've got for this panel video. I'm Brant in my head channel. That is Rick from It's All for You Demon. Check out his channel. Give him a subscription and uh give him a like and check out some of the stuff he's been doing lately it's really cool and uh that's all we got guys we'll see you next time in the next video thanks for watching